Well, hello there, and welcome to Further Every Day, the podcast where we explore current events through the lens of the Christian worldview. And uh, as many lenses have a prismatic effect, we're looking through the prism of five different aspects of the Christian worldview. To my left, I've got Jennifer. How are you this morning, Jennifer? I'm good. How are you? Doing all right. I'm kind of throwing a wrench in the works here, and I'm going to put you in the chair of culture. Oh boy, I haven't okay. done that one yet. Because we're just going to shake it up today. Yeah. Moving over to her left, we got Miss Nikki Pomeroy. How are you? I'm good. How are you today? I'm doing all right. Glad to be here. With that said, we'll throw you into the chair of theology. Okay. Moving on around to her left, we got Mr. Charlie. Hey, good morning, everyone. Good morning, good morning. We'll put you into the chair of philosophy oh, today. Oh, bring it on. And to his left, I've got Winston. How are you, sir? I'm doing very well. Glad to have you. So, we'll be putting you into the chair of culture. Okay. And I'll be sitting in the chair of economics because I'm not going to do that to someone who didn't. But it is my favorite chair, nevertheless. With that said, we've got some interesting stories today. First off, I think, um, who's getting the Larry Elder story? I got it. So, this is a little bit John Lee come lately. We're talking about this, but it's been a busy news cycle. But it's still highly relevant. So this is coming from the Los Angeles Times, and just the title, Larry Elder is the blackface of white supremacy. You've been warned. Dun, dun, dun. Uh An oxymoron if we've ever heard one. So there's a lot of problematic elements here. Let me me interject, and let me make some sense out of this for you all, Uh okay? So... You all know I've homeschooled my kids, and we had this little rhyme that they all learned as a kid, and it was really fun, and you never forget it. And it goes like this. It goes, one dark day in the middle of the night, two dead boys got up to fight. Back to back, they faced each other, drew their swords, and shot each other. If you don't believe this lie is true, just ask the blind man. He saw it too. It's a contradiction Mm -hmm. is what it is. Blackface on white supremacy. Like, white supremacy people are going to vote for a black person mm-hmm. to lead them. Yep. We, we hate the blacks so much that we're going to get Larry Elder, the guy who talks about self-empowerment, and no, you're not under the underdog because you're black. The guy who you know, grew up in L.A. wasn't in Compton, but it was a similar, similar suburb, and he had to fight his way up become a successful man regardless of the color of his skin through the 60s I might add and guess what now the same people who want to put him down wanted to put uh, blacks down keep him in Jim Crow they want to keep him where in welfare where LBJ said that he'd have him for 100 years Mm -hmm. Democrat LBJ have those n-words voting for us for the next 100 years we we totally jumped in there on you Jennifer (laughs) no it's so worse but you know this this article is just, I mean, th- this is how it starts. It's a, Larry Elder smiled the smug smile of a black conservative who could very well be a liberal California's next governor. He leaned forward to gaze across the room of white Republicans who had come to hear him speak in Orange County. Then another smile, this one even more smug than the last. Ooh, what a oh, black oh, man. Oh, so are, are, are you telling me that this black man has to go back to the ghetto or he can't address a predominantly white Orange County? Mm-hmm. Go back to the ghetto, Larry Elder. Is that what I'm hearing? Well, so 
um, a later later on in the article, a longtime political consultant, Kerman Maddox, put it like this: Larry Elder goes out of his way to be at odds with the leadership in the black community, and at odds with the thinking in the black community because all black people think the same. And, and all black and, people think the Democratic Party yeah, line. And in the same article, they they have this little like, well, it's true that black people aren't a monolith, and you know some. Some black uh, people are conservative, but on the whole, especially, we just support the Democratic Party. You know, I think that that actually is probably becoming, I, I want to be careful here because it hasn't reached this point, but it's on the way to becoming a lie. Oh, there oh, are yeah. many more people, black people, that are finding that they have been, I'm going to use the term duped, and They've come, they've come to realize Democrats aren't what they say they are. So, going around the room, want to go from Miss Nikki, theological take on this. How does the Christian combat? Uh, the only way I can really describe this is the gaslighting of the American people. You, you, you don't believe your lying eyes. This guy is not actually black. He looks black, he's ethnically black, but he's not, his soul isn't black. Let me just say that I think, for the Christian, I think this is actually very good. And the reason I'm saying that is because things are bringing, being brought to the surface that don't make any sense. So there is um, a term now that you might have the same skin, but you're not kin. And it's all talking about how you think. And, you know, there are a lot of successful black people that did not need the government to get them to where they are. And other black people are looking at them and saying, okay, well, how come they are succeeding and I'm not? And I heard this a personal testimony, and this one guy said, why was Reverend Jackson succeeding, but I was being kept down? Because that's what he was telling me. I'm here to fight for you. You're being kept down. But I see that he's successful. Why can't I be successful? So when this kind of uh, terminology comes up, the black face on white, it doesn't make any sense. You know it's a lie. And it's, it's the lies that are coming to the surface that reasonable people who can think for themselves see the foolishness of it. Moving on to her left. Philosophically, when someone is losing the debate, what do they start to do? Well, they'll yell louder. That's one thing they'll do. And the other thing, and I thought what you brought out just a moment ago, John Arthur, was really interesting. It's the soul. And I'll tell you where all this fight is going to go. It's going to be that. I've said this before. I want to say it again. This is not about race. This is purely about right and wrong, good and evil. And as we move forward in time, that is exactly what's going to be shown. It's not going to be about a division of a group of people off. That's what, that's what Satan wants to do. He wants to divide you. He wants to peel you off like a banana. But that's not going to, that's not going to work. It's going to be shown for what it really is. When we're talking about the philosophical aspect of this, we want to make sure that we're looking at what is right in this. And I will say this, 
Your, your eyes are not deceiving you. Larry Elder is black. Larry Elder is more on the conservative side, for sure. And I think the biggest reason why people like Governor Newsom are nervous is because it's peeling away their power and they can no longer do much of what they want to do. I really thought that California, when they elected Arnold Schwarzenegger, by the way, if I'm not mistaken, he was elected on a similar situation. It was a recall. So this is really ironic that this is kind of coming about the way it is. Schwarzenegger was not a conservative by any stretch of the mind. I'm not trying to say that. What I am saying is that when there's a rebuttal against the ways of California, it seems to always end with a recall. I wish people in California would wake up and say, not really what, what it proposes to be. Understood. And, you know, you say it's not about race. I'm actually going to say it's the same philosophy that said that Cain was the, uh, uh, you know, all blacks are derived from, from there's some that say Cain and then there's some that say it's Ham. Right, and, yeah. and it's those same liberal, insane Christians who were saying, using that as an excuse to oppress the black man. They're saying they're part of this identity, this worthless, lazy, stupid identity. And we'll talk about it in a moment. You have to lower the grade standard. You have to lower this. Yeah, they they can only be supported by the government. They have to suck off the government's teat instead of the plantation's teat. And that'll give us power. That won't give us money. That'll give us power so we can steal money from them and from everyone else. Yep. It's that same philosophy. Now, I think I gave two people the chair of culture earlier. I think I might have messed up uh, politics. Winston. Oh, okay. So politically, what do you think this spells for the Democratic Party in the uh, uh, California area? But more importantly... Politically, how does this, how do we use this interesting turn to further the gospel? Well, it's just really confusing. Um, it 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 doesn't make any sense. Kind of like what the uh, what the what the Pomeroys have been saying. Um, and I mean, children are gonna take note of this and say that this doesn't make any sense. Um, granted, they are. We're gonna have to fight for it, given most of them are gonna be in public school. Uh, but politically, I mean, you know, it'll have to come from the parents discipling the children and instructing them why this doesn't make any sense. But it's a great teachable moment for which, and and I don't want to say party, which ideologies ring true because the Republican Party is a cesspool. Let me be really clear. It's just at the moment sort of home to the to the general uh, uh, Christian esque ideologies. But what is something that that we can that we can do if 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 we're winning the war in California politically on the culture front, through you know, and culture and politics, politics is downstream of culture. But if we're winning the politics, does that suggest that our culture might be shifting? Uh, potentially. I mean, it's always been the case that <clears throat> the uh, rural communities have been overwhelmingly conservative and the uh, the urban communities have been overwhelmingly liberal. Overwhelmingly liberal, I should say. Um, 
you you may start it may be more of a shift of who's moving where rather than ideologies necessarily changing in the places that they are i mean we're seeing that a lot in texas right now with a lot of people from california moving to austin austin is very uh open to those ideas you guys are welcome here californians however don't bring your stupid ideas with you that you're fleeing yeah it's uh it's it, it reminds me of that video that you showed me where Marx is just like, oh, let's just try it one more time. Let's one try it one time. more time. One more failed civilization with millions dead. Uh, we're talking about Hitler. We're talking about Mussolini. We're talking about uh, Jamestown. We tried it in Jamestown in uh, 16 um, something, and it failed there because no one worked. Karl Marx was a was a lazy bum. His mother his mother said, and I quote, "I wish he spent more time." making capital than whining about not having it so it sounds like your average college uh uh intellectual elite here but very good very good moving on to the chair of culture uh culture is upstream of politics mm -hmm. what is this spell this this moment where larry elder is now He's sort of making a dent in this lie mm -hmm. that you can't be a Christian conservative and have more melanin in your skin than, than, than some other people. Yeah, d definitely. I think that this is exposing that. And, you know, we've said it multiple times that this is, this is just confusion, saying that Larry Elder is, is the black face of what it just doesn't make sense. And I think one of the reasons for that is that this you know, whole culture war is on the surface about race, it's about gender, it's about, you know, all these other things. But underneath it, the real war is not about race relations in America. It, there's much deeper ideas that these groups are trying to attack. And they've been able to use this, you know, all-encompassing umbrella of race to forward that underlying agenda for the most part. Yeah, but every now and then there's a little there's a little slip where where that go-to tool of calling you a racist doesn't fit and that's where we are right now it's it's just they're not attacking him because of his race they're attacking him because of his ideas but they've gotten so used to using race as the club that they just can't let it go you know what's interesting about that is that you're spot on right about that using race and I think the Democrats have come up with another topic that many times makes absolutely no sense. By the way, I'm not anti-environment either, so to be clear. But, but climate change is, is racist. Climate yeah, that, change is racist. Right. They use because it interchangeably. It, because it disproportionately affects those with melanated skin. That's what they'll say. You know, the, the situation of <clears throat> what they accused Larry Elder there of reminds me of what Nancy Pelosi did when they were passing Obamacare. I thought this was one of the most, one of the dumbest things that could have ever been spoken by a politician. We must pass the law to see, I'm sorry, we must pass the bill to see what's in the bill. That is unequivocally, unbelievably dumb. Well, she didn't believe that. No, she did not. So, 
Just actually, can I step in for a wait, second? Wait, so I've got to introduce you because you you you've jumped in <laughs> into Miss Nikki's chair. She's no longer here. We are joined by the Josh, yes. and the Josh is now sitting in the chair of theology. Mister, how are you doing, good sir? Doing good, doing good. Glad to have you on, sir. You doing good? I'm doing. Yeah, I mean, could be better, but still Aww. doing doing okay. That is Doing a bright okay. shirt you're wearing. You can't see, but it's white and teal. Or would you call that an aqua? Like a baby blue. That's an aqua. Yeah, it's like an aqua. It's like an aqua. It's, it's an striped. Aqua. You look like, you know, no socks, and you look like you belong on a sailboat. <laughs> yes, sir. I'm yeah. just, just going to point out that the two women in the room both nodded to baby blue. That is not an aqua. Just... For, oh. every, for everybody's information. Yeah, we're, the guys aren't good at doing colors. We do fast-moving things. We don't don't do ask me colors. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought I would insert some something to this story because I had read this story before coming in. You know, with this talking about black people in this manner, it's at, least, at least when they propose a different idea, to me, in... This isn't a direct comparison because they're very different, but still they have a lot of the same aspects and qualities. To me, it reminds me a lot of popular atheism and what it, and how it attacks Christianity or how it paints Christians and how it paints religion. Like it's not intellectual at all and that there's no intellectualness to it. It's like, oh no, we know what? We're not going to actually attack the points that they're making and we're going to scoff exactly. and mock them and discredit them as people and so that will be the manner from which we go and that's what this story and what this idea really reeks to me of they've lost the argument before you got in here we were talking philosophically when you're discussing an issue when your opponent goes to a non sequitur that is a blatant non sequitur when they go to yelling and screaming something and, and, and they're throwing up horrible insult this is not just a insult this is a character malignment it has nothing to do with anything that larry elders ever said because you're right they can't defend themselves anymore they've lost the debate well even if they could defend themselves which they can't but even if they could defend themselves that's not the manner from which they cho it's like what you said it's not the manner from which they choose to debate and, and it, like i said with popular atheism you see it to where it's, it's a, a it's a battle it's a battle of who can scoff better at least when it's coming to a debate with a christian and the fact of the matter is the christian's obviously not going to scoff at you because but, that's just not how you that's not how you it's, a, it's a battle do. it's a battle of the spiritual realm and what you're seeing is two different spirits it doesn't matter if it's marxism if it's uh, evolutionary Marxism, if it's critical race theory, critical law theory, any of those criticals, which are just a, an adaptation when they realized, oh, Nazi so national socialism did not look good. Communism kind of looks awful. We will name it critical theory. Yeah, critical theory. And, and, and it's just, it's changing the bourgeois and the proletariat, and it's just changing those people to race or to the legally protected class yeah, or whatever go, it is. And I was going to go to that point a little bit with the because I'm taking over for Nikki on the, the chair of theology. If you look at the origins of Marxism, it, it did kind of include it, but it didn't really include it. Christianity as the, 
as the, the, the ruling class. It was not really considered that widely to be that one of those things. But then when it made its way over to Germany, it I forget the gentleman's name, but he essentially came up with a lot of the ideas of critical theory and, and things yes. of that nature. I, I forget the gentleman's I, I name. Don't remember his is it name. Gramsci? It Gramsci might be Gramsci. It's, it's I Gramsci. So. I think it's Gramsci. It's, so. It sounds correct. But that gentleman essentially came to the conclusion also that Christianity was to be included into that ruling class. And the fact of the matter is we have to get rid of that class. That privilege. That, that privilege, and we have to completely destroy that. And it's not going to be – it's going to be – well, actually his idea was that it wasn't just going to be a matter of education. It was going to be a matter of cultural, and that's how they were going to infiltrate on that. And so when you see the origins – because it's critical race theory. It's a critical theory. When you see the origins of that and where it comes from, it comes from an, an, an irrelevant truth ideology. And ultimately, it comes from an origin of anti-Christianity. So church. So, so my thing is... If we're the church, I'm not saying that we shouldn't address issues of racism. We should address issues of racism in the pulpit, in the church, Head because on. they're very real and they do exist. And we can't just discredit everything as critical race theory if somebody comes to us and they're black and they come with an issue of concern with racism. But just but, take every single instance as a individual instance. But but yeah, it's an individual instance and it's supposed it's supposed to be treated on a case by case basis. I think we're supposed to be empathetic, not even supposed to. We should be Amen. empathetic to what their concern is, but we also need to handle it factually and logically. And when it comes down to it, the question ultimately isn't really is there problems of racism in the church? It's we're talking about CRT, we're talking about should this be used as a tool behind in the pulpit and should it be taught from behind the pulpit and the fact of the matter is if it has an anti-christian origin why would we ever touch it church look at what you are accepting into your doors when you take crt into your system yeah and, be aware and can i just say it's not like we lack the tools to deal with racism you know we're not we're not in a vacuum um, you got the Bible. Yeah, exactly. We have everything that we need to deal with racism right here in our in our own two hands if we would just open it up and actually read it and look at it and 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 understand it and take the time to learn all about it. You know, I I think it's this, you know, allergy that we Christians in America have to to biblical truths. The Bible talks very extensively about prejudice. Yeah. That's talks that's about that's the whole idea of the Jerusalem Council was addressing this issue of, okay, well, the Gentiles are now allowed to participate in this, mm -hmm. or they're in the covenant now. So how do how do we how do we go about this? And that Josh Not right giving. there, that that's an excellent point. When you look at how God looks at races, there's basically two: Jew, Gentile. That's it. And under the new covenant. We're adopted as Gentiles, so there's only one now. And so for anyone who's thinking, but, 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 but the Old Testament, there's a difference between race and culture. What does that culture do, and will that culture continue to propagate? It was not the race. 
We're not talking about genocide as much as we are removing cultures who are actively murdering babies, going into other people, coming to the Israelites, robbing, murdering, and pillaging. And by the way, death penalty and conquest for the good of your nation only are actually prescribed in the Bible. You look at the Old Testament way, because if you did not stamp that out, it would come back to bite you. And that was unfortunately the heart of man. We've, we've all kind of gotten the, to the idea now where, hey, we can actually live in a, you know, you can have a powerful nation and that nation can say, look, I don't want you to touch that. We've realized it took a few thousand years to figure that out, that uh, that might not be a good idea to keep constant wars. Well, maybe we did. I don't know. Maybe we didn't. Look at Afghanistan. But uh, Josh has got his eye. He's oh, like, I know. I, I know. I know. He, he wants to say something. Go. Well, it was just. Another thing with the CRT, the CRT thing is very multifaceted in a lot of respects. And we've got two other stories to talk we have about. Two so we've got two other stories, so I want to go ahead and jump into the next story. Because okay. you're absolutely right, and I want to hear everyone's thoughts at the end when we wrap up these three stories, because each one of them is quite interesting. But we've got a great one, or rather a horrible one. This is on, this is on August 11th, but this is something that's been going on for a while. Uh, this is uh, this is a Fox News article. Black mother files complaint against Atlanta Elementary School for racial segregation. What we're seeing here, Atlanta mother says a, a school principal implemented a plan to segregate students based on race. Oh, no, no, no. You can't put that child in that class. That's the white class. Are we doing this, this again? This, I, I was going to say, and of all places. It, well, guess what? Atlanta. Guess what? The black Democrat, I don't like doing this, but the melanated Democrat superintendent principal lady who did this is a victim of this same ideology, the same ideology. And by the way, I didn't get a chance because we really, we really dived in there. I did not get a chance to actually do an economic take on the last one. I'm just going to write it directly into this one. Larry Elder winning. Uh, is an economic downfall for their objectives, their goals, and their brothers-in-law who are running their offshore account uh, like Isolep Inc. Spell Isolep backwards, it's Pelosi. You have all these shell accounts that these people in these states are siphoning money off, and they're doing it in creative ways, and sometimes it's kickback after kickback, and, and it takes three degrees or five degrees of separation, but they get the $10 million $50 million kickback in these schools. They're smaller players, but guess what? They're still playing affecting the your kids. Game. They're playing the same game. These superintendents, they're changing who gets paid, how much they get paid, bring in different teachers for the segregated groups. And they're fiddling. So, so if you have to have five classes, two for the blacks and three for the whites, or whatever the delineation is. I, I want to say that's what it was here in Atlanta. I, I'd have to scroll through and read it specifically. But I think there were two black classrooms. Two black classrooms I'm and three, sure. and, and three whites, if I remember correctly. Six. six. Thank you. You got it in the story. Uh, here we go. Six different, six different classes, six different teachers. So it was four and two. Um, no, no, no. It was two and six. I was explained that black students were put in two classes with two different teachers, while white students were put in six classes with six different teachers. Okay. So when you're segregating everyone out like that, you can do a lot of things with school money because people don't understand a lot of these public schools have three 
for five administrators per teacher. Let me back up a little bit and say that I was raised in, a, in, in private religious schools before I was homeschooled. We had maybe three administrators with 20 or 30 teachers, and they did just fine. In fact, I think those teachers were very, 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 very happy, and they were also happy to get a meager amount more because it wasn't a crushing bureaucracy stealing the money out of the teachers' pockets. We want to talk about caring about teachers? Get rid of that freaking bureaucracy. Yeah. So I've had my economic take there, okay? Let's move around the room. These people culturally, I want to move to Jennifer. Mm -hmm. Culturally, these people are... We're, we're seeing this resurgence of segregation. Is this a new culture or is this the same spirit revived and taken some people captive just with a different proletariat and bourgeois? Well, it's absolutely the same spirit. And it's, it's the same spirit of absolute confusion from the Larry Elder story too. I mean, it, you, we read this and it does not make sense. But you know, I, I found a very similar story from American University where... They created a black-only course section for a class about racism. The, the class is about racism, and they're separating based on race. This, this, this is, this is doublethink. This is madness. And I, and I think that it, it ultimately comes from we have yanked the rug of truth out from underneath our culture. We don't want anything to do with these underlying judeo-christian principles and ideas we don't want the bible telling us what's right and wrong and when you yank that out because you don't want to believe it it doesn't make it any less true and we're seeing the fruits of that now wouldn't you love as we get to further hear, every day wouldn't you love to hear from martin luther king today oh goodness i can i can only imagine what he would have to say i don't know why any maybe this is just me because I have this, I just have a very, I mean, as the Bible tells us to have a deep conviction for when we sin. I don't know why I would ever, I don't know why I would ever want to ever affirm everything that I've ever done is right. Oh. You see where I'm, you see where I'm coming from? Yeah. Yes. I can't imagine what that, what that life must be like to say, you know what? I have to affirm everything that I do is right. That nothing I do is wrong. You that are is, perfect the way you are. Do not change, guy or girl. You know, you're, you're, you're perfect. And that's so hard for me to understand because when I mess up, I, I don't think, man, I got to, and we don't think that when we mess up, man, we got to affirm and make sure that we got we to convince ourselves that what we did was right. No, you, we have to, if we do something wrong, we have to address the problem and we got to handle it harshly and we got to handle it swiftly and we got to cut it out as soon as it happens. Absolutely. And I would say that CRT is something that we need out of the church because it's a cancer. It's this ideology that people are different based on. It comes from the same Marxist thought process of you have two groups, one that is privileged and one that is not. And, the group, and you have to lower both to a certain standard. That way everyone can be happy at the lower standard. It doesn't matter if it's about race, if it's about money, if it's about uh, land. It doesn't matter how they slice it. It's the same thing. So I just want to run to the theological point. Um, you're sitting in the chair, a theological chair, Josh. What, is, what does Christ say? And, 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 and this is a softball, but 
What does Christ say about being a respecter of persons? I mean, what does the Bible say? What do we have in an abundance in the Word about giving seats to other people based on superficial external characteristics? Yeah, it talks pretty vehemently against that. And the thing is, I mean, I think I think there's a verse in James. Oh no, there's no there's there is a verse in James. I just I didn't want to go. You know, I keep His referencing James, but it's a really dang good book. And there's a there's a there's a verse in well not even just a verse there's a section in James a three verse section, uh, ten through to, or eleven through to, eleven and uh, no there's two verses eleven and twelve, uh, or no no eleven and twelve addresses in chapter four of James addresses the idea of judgment passing judgment to another person, and how we're not the people to judge but we are merely the people to inspect the fruit, and that is an idea that is explored in James. But that idea of, of discrimination, that was addressed in chapter 2 of James up until verse 14, 1 through 14. So there's a pretty, pretty sizable chunk. And that's not the only place that that issue is addressed. Why do you give seats to the rich when they persecute you and neglect the poor? And also, this is something I was thinking about with that last story, and with this story especially. I think there are people who are well-intentioned to a degree. And I, I want to say, I, and I, I, I'm, I'm just giving... Benefit of the doubt. Some benefit of the doubt here. Some people who are well-intentioned with this. For example, a, a gentleman that I think is, who has what, good intent, but I think he's sorely misguided on the origins of this idea, be a gentleman like David Platt. David Platt is one of those pastors... Very sound theologically. I think this man is a really great man of faith. But I never he, liked him. But, Just saying, I, I I saw it coming. <laughs> but 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 he does. But he does talk about this idea of CRT from behind the pulpit. Now, mind you, I don't know if he does it very explicitly and says critical race theory, but he definitely explores the ideas of it pretty implicitly and through but, examples. Like every lie, CRT has a lot of truth in it and the 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 what the lens is set up you have is so so you have a lot of truths but it's followed by a non sequitur you intersectionality i'll i'll, I'll broaden out to the general because it it is like love and marriage horse and carriage they follow each other quite closely um you have this population with this set of history issues and this set of economic issues they all intersect therefore the response to that is not let's make the opportunity equal it's let's lower the standard across the board and take people who are not in that position and lower them so it's like I'm with you all the way up until your solution. Yeah, and the, and the thing is, I think he has a heart that says, whenever he thinks about racism, that says, I don't want to discriminate against people. I think that what James 2, 1 through 14 says, or 13 says, is correct. And I don't want to discriminate against people. But ultimately, the answer to that is not something that's outside of the Bible. It's not critical race theory the answer is literally that verse that you just had the answer is the bible you should preach that why would we don't need other resources to Amen. preach from we have the answer in our hands use the answer that's in your hands 
and I trust and trust me, it's an effective tool. Sola Scriptura, very very good. Moving on to Mr. Pomeroy, the philosophy chair. When we're dealing with the philosophy of segregating people based on race, what is the underlying thought or principle that we're forwarding here? Because we are forwarding a philosophy here, and we're making some value statements about these children. What are those value statements? Well, from the, the Christian perspective, you know, it's interesting when you look at the Constitution, um, created equal. Isn't that really what we are? And when we start dividing, mm -hmm. hmm, that, that kind of does not ring true. You know, it, it kind of starts showing itself as being false. I think what's ironic about all of this is that you're, you're looking at a situation where we've almost come 180 since the days of Martin Luther King. And, and are we not saying when we segregate classes like that, we're saying one of two things. We're saying, I don't want these, I don't want this group of children exposed to that group of children and potentially and or this group of children is not capable of learning the way this other group of children is capable of learning. Mm -hmm. We're making a value statement about these children and we're saying either they are not worthy to be in the presence or they're not intelligent enough. And as we'll see in this Oregon bill, we, we're going to see that they're starting to say that grading on a, on a scale is racist or has its roots in racism, which is about the most racist garbage I've ever heard. I've ever heard. I want to get to that, but I want to get your, just your opinion on that. On the, on the, on the, on the, value statements that we're making about these kids this it, it satan knows that the best way to fundamentally change a way that a person is going to see life in the future is to get them early to get them as children if they can indoctrinate them and tell them tell if they can tell a black child this is the way that your life is supposed to be has to be if we can tell a Hispanic child this is the way your life is supposed to be, has to be, and we control that, that the value of that person is controlled by a few. It is set. There yes. is a determined number yep. on your value. Yes. And that's obviously from a Christian perspective, there couldn't be anything more opposite of God's word than that. Absolutely. So I want to move over to the chair of politics. Winston. I'm going to throw something completely random at you, and I know you're a thoughtful individual. You probably have some other thoughts too. But I want to say, what does this say about living locally with your politics? When you have people like the superintendent who are segregating based on race, what does this, how can we as Christians use this as a teachable moment about school elections, et cetera? Well, the fact is they voted for him, or her, rather. They voted for her, whether they knew it or not. Um, I don't know who's running for school board. Check. I like this name more than this name. Sometimes there's only one running because... No uh, one runs. Yeah, the, the other person can't be bothered. Except the ideologue. The ideologues run, and that's what we're seeing. And if I could interject real quick, I think those are really good points. You know what I'm, I'm starting to see is that there's a lot more people getting involved 
in the political aspect because of all this. Only 20 years, 40 years, 60 years, too late. But I'll take you while you're here. And I would... uh, I don't think inject is a word. Um, uh, But I would say that we've actually lost the culture war and we're actually having to win it back. Um, I think we thought we won back in the 60s when the Billy Graham Crusades happened. And then you let your guard down because everybody claims they're Christian. And that was a perfect breeding ground for the colleges and universities. Um, that's a side tangent. Um, no, 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 no. That, that, that's I, that actually is, an excellent point. That, that is the issue. We lost control of our local election. And we stopped electing godly school board members. Now... I'm all about abolishing the Department of Education, Agriculture, ATF, Amen. IRS, all, all these Amen. bureaucratic nonsense. I don't think we should have public schools. But as long as they're there, living locally, making sure that you're looking at the schoolhouse, much as you are your house, that affects your house. Well, for the kids, some of them it is the, the house. Unfortunately, there is no there there is no other father figure because we've driven the dad out of the home in a lot of these places. And there's some instances where mom isn't present. And I say that from the perspective of she's present, but she's not present. There's there's work. There's a guy. There's something. There's always something. And these kids, all they get is they're raised by the state. Yes. They're raised by the yes. state. And then they're raised by, by Adam Levine, uh, uh, Madonna, and all these other characters. Boy, those were some dated references. <laughs> Adam Levine? Adam Levine's recent. I think he just got canceled. <laughs> kind of. I mean, he's still, he's still on, that, on that show where they do the chair turn. No, no, I, I they like just stopped that one. Listen, I, they just I'm, stop I'm that? not they saying like that I could I, I think you know, pop off the most you know, recent top ten charts, but... But Madonna? Did you but say Madonna? Madonna? Madonna is still semi-relevant. They made yeah. a movie. Uh, maybe about her. maybe Taylor Swift was a but little, Taylor little Swift more recent. Well, I, I would say Taylor Swift it <laughs> was not the Justin worst Timberlake. influence until ni- 1989. 1989 was absolutely the best choice she made financially, morally bankrupt. But moving on back to our conversation, basically these kids are being raised by the culture, and they're not being raised by your parents, the yeah. family. Kids are not a byproduct of a pleasurable experience. The pleasurable experience is a byproduct of making kids, okay? And yes, you're supposed to enjoy each other as a couple. However, procreation is for procreation. (laughs) You're creating kids, and that's okay. They're a gift from God. With that said, let's go ahead and move over into our last story as we kind of try to wrap this up. Uh, Mr. Charlie, do you have that for me? I do. This is, um, this is an article out of Fox News on August the 10th. Oregon governor signs bill suspending math reading proficiency requirements for high school graduates. I think the, the sad, and I'm going to read a couple paragraphs here, but this is going right to the issue of deception again. And that's, that's what I want people to really listen to here. Governor Kate Brown, the Oregon Democrat, signed a bill uh, last month with little fanfare that drops the requirement that high school students prove proficiency in reading, writing, or math before graduation, a report said. 
Now, just taking that on the surface, that's a troubling issue. But listen to this. The Oregonian reported that the governor seemed, uh, has seemed to avoid discussing Senate Bill 744. Her move to sign the bill was not public until recently because her office did not hold a signing ceremony or issue press release. The paper also pointed out that the bill was first signed on July 14th, but not added into the state's database until July 29th <laughs> due to a glitch in the system. I've heard of these glitches. <laughs> I have too. So I, I think on the, on the, to me, this goes to the issue of deception again. She didn't want this to be known. Um, her Democrat colleagues did not want this to be known. And this goes to the value of a person. Look, we're, what we're on a path toward is making sure that we become a third world country. Well, here's what we, there are, there's reality and there's what these people are trying to do. They're trying to create a group of witless, feckless citizens who have no backbone, no understanding, no capacity to think logically or rhetorically, and we're, 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 we're on our way to that. The problem is, is that's when society collapses, but they think that they can get away with it maybe in their lifetime. But for so, what end? To control you. To control, yes. And isn't that what we started the whole podcast on? Yeah, when we're, as we're going further every day. Moving over to the chair of culture, Jennifer, what does this say about a culture when we no longer strive for excellence, and and by the way, I, I didn't detect this in this story, but a lot of these stories, you will even hear them say that you are going to grade on a, excuse me, it is here, I found it right here. He also said that the new standards for graduation will help benefit the states, black, Latino, Latinx, indigenous, Asian, and Pacific Islander, tribal, and stu other students of color uh, uh, groups. Not on your life. We're, we're saying, wait a minute, we're going to grade on this scale because these people aren't capable of doing, because of the content of melanin in their skin, these kids are too stupid to be able to pass. Or maybe is it the teachers and the racist ideology that you're purporting? What, what does this say about our culture, and how can Christians combat this in the culture war? Well, I think what, what Winston said is exactly right. We've already lost the culture war, and we are now trying to desperately claw back as much ground as we can get but um as as far as this specifically i think we might have harped on this quite a bit over the weeks but you know parents be involved in your children's lives amen you know parents of color latino latinx pacific islander the whole list you know d don't let these bureaucrats and these other teachers who I think are very well intentioned I think that they are really trying to really think that they are helping these kids because you know little little devil's advocate I think that the reason that they would say this is not because the children aren't smart enough but because the the institutions have not built them up enough you know the, the white kids have this base that they're starting from because of their privilege that these kids of color don't have and that's why it's not because of their intelligence I think that would be the devil's advocate That's sort of the, and, position. And, and that is their position, and the, and you're absolutely correct. And you know, and you know this. The way to dismantle that position, correct, is your expectation so low of these children. It's insulting. That it's a, it, it is bigotry. 
It is bigotry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Poor kids are just as smart as white kids. Oh, shut Excuse up. Excuse me? Well, shut up. Well, also, something I was thinking about, their intention also could be just going along those lines, saying, okay, well, white people have had advantages because of their race past, so we're going to compensate that by saying we're going to give other kids who are of a different color advantages because of the color of the skin. So but the it's answer not an is, advantage. So, it's, it's not an advantage. It's a lowering of the standard so we don't have to teach them but, as well. But, but you see what it, but it is, but, but like arbitrary. It's a well-meaning yeah. bigotry. But, it's a well-meaning bigotry. But you at least see where they're coming from. The idea is, you know, we're going to counter racism with racism in a different form, but it's going to, it's going to, it's still the same stuff. It's still racism, but and but it it's it, but it's like but it but it's essentially it's a weird thought process. It's a saying, okay, well, well racism occurred. So when you stray further from God's will, His grace, and the understanding of the Bible of the Scriptures, you start to rely on man's philosophy, and it goes down. So so, what is what would we say biblically, Josh? Because we we are coming towards the end of the show. Biblically, what would we say to someone who's saying, well, these kids can't learn and they cannot, their, their grades are low, therefore we should lower the standard? Uh, this is also really great. I just wanted, I want to say one more thing before I get to that. Go, get really go, quick, go, 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 go. Really so with this point about the organ, with the system, the glitching, listen, I, I work in a, for a logistics company. There's stuff that happens all the time and it happens at the worst possible time. That stuff, I, I have no doubt that that, that could have happened when it's but convenient. also they could have resolved that issue a lot faster because i think there was like a week long how long was that a week or two weeks it's two it was 15 days yeah it was like 15 days yeah that's kind of crazy no, so I, they I, could have resolved the issue really fast i don't know why they didn't resolve the issue fast well we do know and but, i've been in organizations that we had a glitch we fixed it but we didn't get around to it for this long because we had another reason listen trust me and, after and the week i, I like had at work i can I definitely attest the worst worst timings definitely can happen but still resolve not, the issue as fast not as possible. 15 days 15, not 15 days, days way too long but getting to that question that you just asked, John Arthur, what does it say to this? Well, the answer to racism is not counter-racism. The answer to racism is Jesus, ultimately. And we have to acknowledge that the Bible is absolute truth for that to be the answer. But if it's not the answer, you will never come to a completely conclusive answer. What did Paul say to Timothy? Approved. Workmen are not ashamed. Right. We have a we have an entire children's ministry named after that. Great children's ministry, Awanas. Awanas approved workmen are not ashamed. If you work to show yourself approved, you will not be ashamed. Moving on to Mr. Pomeroy. So from a philosophical standpoint on this stuff, first of all, you don't you don't hide information from people. Um, she purposely did not bring up this bill. She didn't want to talk about it. She didn't want to. She didn't want this being known because it is. It's a very, yeah. very racially ugly yep. bill. And and I don't know. I, I've not heard or seen uh, too much blowback from this from that school. But you know, if I'm if I'm a parent there, you're going to get an earful. It's just wrong, and it's really sad to see how we're allowing things like this to happen. We should understand what is right and what is wrong, and we should stand firm on it, and we're not. 
more parents are starting to, but they've accepted way too much. And I would dare say the church has really accepted way too much. So from the philosophical chair, let's, let's home in just a little bit more. What is the telos or the purpose behind this? What are we, what are we saying here about, about these Latinx, indigenous people, these islanders? What are we ultimately stating about their value? You know, we're, we're saying they're not worth it and they're, they're not capable. We're saying that they, they need the curve. That's it. And that's where value evaluate yourself when you say stuff like this i have to evaluate my own heart all the time because the heart is desperately with you have to evaluate your heart because sometimes things like crt they sound so beautiful they sound it's like hey let's give these people a chance but the problem is is the the solution offered is not godly because there's a flaw in your logic go to god for your logic go to god for your philosophy I could real quickly, John Arthur, I'd just give a quick example of this. I did 21 plus years of prison ministry. There's a lot of people that say, you know, lock them up, throw away the key. I understand where that sentiment comes from and why people have that. However, I will tell you that there is an incredible amount of talent that is wasting away in our prisons. And if I were ever to be caught in a situation where I needed somebody to to help me make through a survival situation, I guarantee you I would take a bunch of those men. So you're saying there's the world who the world deems valueless, God deems valuable. Amen. And that's everyone. Amen. Who the world deems valuable, God deems valuable. Who the world deems valueless, God also deems valuable. And when the world comes with something like that, we have to come around and say, look, these kids... I'm sorry, I've worked with special needs kids, people who the system throws away. I've talked with them, I've sat down with them and done stuff with them. These people are, they're just as capable in their own way when you're talking about special needs. When you're talking about someone with a different color of melanin in their skin, get out. Yeah. <laughs> get out. That's, that, that's horrible for you to say that we have to grade them on a curve. Yep. No, give them a good education. Man. Hold them to that standard. Moving on to the chair of politics, Winston. What does this say about our local politics and our overall politic where now it's become a political issue of lowering the standards for certain races? This look on your face is hilarious. I'm looking forward <laughs> to really having a video element. <laughs> it looks like you just drank a gallon of pickle juice. It's, I, I absolutely hate pickles too. Um, it's just... Um, I mean, this this works out very well if you want to control an entire voting block because they're going to be illiterate. They're not going to know how to do math, or they're not going to have good logic skills. Um, I mean, we already got rid of logic in schools, but uh, it's uh, it's ridiculous. I mean, like this is, I guess, the end game if if you want to control the population. I mean, that's I guess that's the goal. It sounds very er, Catholic to me. Really? Um, yeah, because I mean, the Catholics didn't want the average layman to be able to read the Bible. Yeah, so a, that's a good point. You're talking about the Dark Ages specifically. You're mm-hmm. talking about the clergy in the what, what, what would we say about 800s through the 1500s mm-hmm. before the Enlightenment. Mm-hmm. Control information. Yeah, if you control information, they'll believe whatever you want them to believe. 
it's uh you're creating essentially uh, kind of thing. a fabric of marionettes and that's exactly where they're going and so from an economic perspective again i always go to you look there's an entire follow the money there's an entire money machine churning out the crt drivel in the form of curriculum there's an entire machine in each school some of these schools i i, I want to be careful klein where you know one of the local school districts Someone was saying it was either four or five administrators for every teacher at one point. That's crazy. Okay. And, 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 and it's insane. Some of these people are holding multiple positions. How would you like to be making $40,000 a year and all of a sudden get a second administrative position with a bump to 50 extra? You guys see what, what, mm -hmm. what we're doing here? So there is an economic incentive. Watch what your local school board is doing. And uh, some of these local school boards, uh, I mentioned one name, I probably shouldn't have, but there are a lot of other, we need to go in and look at what these people are spending our tax dollars on. And frankly, I'm sick of what the public schools have done. The church needs to pick up the job of educating kids because guess what? We would do a better job and they would have a godly righteousness, uh, a, a righteousness instilled in them from youth and we would be fulfilling the Great Commission. So... Religious schools, I'm a big fan of religious schools providing free education when possible, asking the parents to chip in, and you have donors, and you can make that work. Uh, I've seen it work. I've seen it work well. With that said, that's my wrap-up on this topic. I want to go a quick last around the room. Starting on my left, Jennifer, take away culturally, culture word today. What do we do? How do we move forward? What's our actionable item this week and going forward? Um... We have absolutely lost the culture war, and it has led to this culture of utter confusion. And the way that we get that back is we rest on the foundation of absolute truth. Go back to the Bible. We, as Christians, we need to take the time to learn, to read. You know, don't read a chapter every two weeks and think like, oh, that's no. It's, it's, it is the daily bread. You should be reading it every single day. You should be working. It's a work strive to learn and understand what it's trying to tell you amen and and you know if if you finally if you get through the whole thing once great read it again this is the book that you will read for the rest of your life you could read this book every day for 80 years and you will learn something new every day and after you read and are transformed by the scripture what do you go do you go out into the world. You make disciples. You get involved in your in your school boards, and you you care about the cultural rot that is going on all around you. You share it when you get a new car. When you get a new phone, what do you do? You share it with everyone. Oh my gosh, this is the greatest thing since sliced bread. You've been given eternal life. You've been given everything by a gracious Father. Someone and, who has forgiven you all of your sins. Why wouldn't you share that? Yeah, and you have the formula that every single person on earth can follow if, if they would just believe. They could have it too. Amen. And that's a very nice tee-up for Josh. Carry away from today, actionable steps for this week and moving forward. Stay rooted in the word. Do not go to anything else for your aunt. Well, here's the thing. You can use other material to supplement your 
Am I using that word correctly? Yeah. Supplement? Yeah. Use, use, or compliment? Or is, it, or is it both even? Compliment. Yeah, compliment's a better word, I Compliment, think. Supplement's you, not the right word. Yeah, compliment. yeah, supplement doesn't sound like... Compliment's a better word. You can use other materials to compliment your study of the word, but remember at the end of the day, the answer can be found solely in the word. And, and that yes, and the difference between using CRT as a lens for the Bible, you should use the Bible Amen. as a lens Amen. for CRT. You don't need a tool to look through to see the Bible. You need the Bible to look through that tool and then evaluate it, and we'll go from there. Correct. Very good. Thank you, sir. Moving on to his left. Philosophically, we should be thinking about what is right, what is wrong. And we get the right and wrong from what Jennifer said. We get it from God's Word. And that's really where we need to go back to. Everything that we see today, culturally, is based upon deception. Um, some people give a lot more of the benefit of the doubt to key people than I would. I believe it's an issue of good and evil, and evil knows exactly what it's doing right now. The only way to counter that is to do what is right, and we need to get that from God. Amen. We need to be thinking about the ideologies that we accept. What was their purpose? Where are they going, and where do they take us? Do they conform with the Bible philosophically? And we need to be moving forward in the correct direction. Amen and amen. Moving over to his left, Winston. Politically, what are our takeaways here? Um, it's an absolute dog-eat-dog -dog world. Uh, the politicians are exceptionally cruel. And that we need to but show. we need to get involved in it. Oh, yeah. Well, we, we, they're exceptionally cruel because they've been allowed to be exceptionally cruel. Yeah. Uh, they've been left to their own devices. And, I mean... Might accountability... Oh, an important yes. part of this. Golly. Well, uh, there's too long <laughs> of a tangent there. I can't go there right now. Um, but yes, the, in order to be involved with your child, you necessarily have to be involved with the political system because the inevitable politics of their day is going to be direct results of how involved you were. Mm. Mm. Good word. Oh, so Good word. like. Uh, a righteous man leaves a good inheritance for his kids. Yeah. That's not just money. That's also a place to live, a nation that is stable. By the way, I love all the boomers on this podcast. I love my family and all those great boomers. But boomers, you guys were inherited the nicest nation. And then those who were taken by Marxism, you guys left nothing left but a bankrupt rotting corpse and by the way millennials not that much better we're not doing a good job either mm. just looking at some of the millennials we put in office just so that i'm being clear we need to be leaving a future posterity and i would say from an economic standpoint make sure you watch out when it comes to value propositions that are put before you whether they look good or they look like they're godly Watch where you're spending your efforts. Should we be focusing on CRT or should we be focusing on the gospel? I'm not saying, and let me be clear here, lies need to be confronted. They need to be stopped. It's more important to win the person than it is to win the argument. We want to win this person over and the CRT and all the other stuff will shake out. With that said, Thank you so much for listening in this week. Really, really appreciate it. As always, like, comment, share, subscribe, all those good things. Uh, if you have an uh, argument that you'd like to uh, 
submit in here. Go ahead and do so. Tell us from which chair you're doing it. Uh, if you love this podcast and you want it to keep growing, please like, comment, and share, subscribe. If you didn't like this podcast, leave an angry comment down there why you didn't. And make sure you smash that dislike button twice. With that said, thank you so much. You guys have a wonderful, blessed week. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Bye-bye. I'll do it again. <laughs>